how's it going ladies and gentlemen it's another episode of sludge underground and i'm your host and founder of the podcast nasip zwane back with another awesome guest for you this week we've got mo funk one of the illest in the game this man is incredible you know i, I managed to check out some of his stuff as well a while back when we connected and it was just brilliant he's one of those artists where i feel like he could fit right in if he had to go to the state somewhere he would just be part of that whole culture he just pulls it all so well uh very international sound and he's super incredible my brother please introduce yourself to the audience let them know what you do where you're from and why you're doing this uh music thing yeah yeah you know what time it is man small funk asiatic black god aka the gap two spitter <laughs> so when i started making music it was weird for me because uh i didn't actually that wasn't ever my goal you know, I never saw myself as someone like active in music so much. But yeah, uh, what influenced it though, like looking hindsight, was I went to a school where, you know, choir, practice, poetry, and learning an instrument. That was compulsory for like my entire primary school year. So I wasn't into it, but you had to do it, you know. So yeah, we started like expressing ourselves in that way. And I actually started making music when I was 19, like taking it seriously. I used to make it in primary school, but it was just like, uh, it's something you have to do as opposed to something that uh, I chose to do, you know? But yeah, it really helped all of those skills, you know, the time you put in, uh, how to express yourself with poetry. And I used to play the marimba as well, so... Yeah, it helped with production and everything that's going on now. What school is this where you guys were playing, you know, learning how to play instruments? Dude, like I, the schools that I went to, we literally, I don't even remember us playing recorder or anything, that which is like the bare minimum. It was a private Catholic school, you know, it's in Johannesburg. It's in actually quite like a, a, a Muslim neighborhood. But there's a Catholic school there. It's a Muslim neighborhood, but there's like right in the middle of it is a, is a Catholic school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Did you have any influences from, from both those religions at all when we're looking at you now as a human being? Yeah, of course. I kind of think that's what made me kind of like took a step back with religion because I kind of saw how it separates people. So I was like, yeah, nah, this is not for me. But yeah, it had it had a huge influence, you know, you learn from different cultures. So, you know, you learn like, oh, their New Year's is different from ours. And, you know, why is that? And, you know, it opens up your mind more and it broadens your perspective as opposed to someone that only knows like one thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 100%. You know, and you also mentioned that you started making music um, or taking it seriously rather. Um, at the age of 19 now if you look at that there's quite a quite a big gap between primary school and you being 19 years old what sort of prompted you you know what made you you know at the age of 19 be like you know what let me actually take this seriously uh mostly was the influence of the people that was around me at that time the thing is i was always like a creative person i i know that like that kind of sounds cliche i hate it <laughs> but yeah um I was more into like fine art. So I was painting and doing graffiti, that sort of stuff. High school, I was still uh, heavy on the graffiti and the paintings and the sketches. And because of like the character I was, I wouldn't take it seriously. But I realized like 
I had the ability or knack for this, you know. And I was like, okay, let me do it. But then I was focusing on like some other stuff while I was doing that. So when I got to college, it was like I met like the proper people, you know, people that knew people in the industry, people that was in the industry type stuff. So they were like, they they would see that in me, like, yo, dude, you should like express yourself more and like take it out more and let the people know. And yeah, that's when I really like, okay, I have the ability to do this. I have the skills, you know, I've put in the time, I have the experience. I was like, why not? Yeah, you know what? what's actually really fascinating? I was actually surprised when you mentioned that, you know, you went to a private school because just listening to how hard you go, you know, it's, I don't really, you don't really associate the type of stuff that you do with like a private school background, Catholic background type thing. And uh, would you say that, is there also an element of the stuff that you do that is maybe influenced by where you're from perhaps as well? Um, because as I say, I, I, I'm not really like associating, you know, your sort of rap style with like something you know as fancy as like a private school and such so beyond the, the people that you met in varsity would you say where you're from also influences the music that you make yeah yeah for sure the thing is i don't look at myself like as a dude like that went to private school whatever i just see where i'm from you know people see like when they look at you like they want to see what they want to see, you know, they want to see whatever. And I'm like, yo, dude, I have this life, but I'm still from here. I'm from where you're from, you know? And yeah, that that kind of like made me want to show where I'm from, where I actually stay, as opposed to like creating like an image of, I don't know, like a facade of like creating like this perfect kind of character. Like I, I wanted to go in like, nah, nah, nah. This is who I am, you know, although I'm influenced by a lot of other things, but I'm from here and yeah, I I, I want people to know where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and by the way, I'm from Soweto. What is it like being an artist, you know, in Soweto? Um, you know, is it uh, an environment that is very much um, conducive? Does it sort of aid in you being an artist or would you say there's not really much of a culture there? Uh, there's a lot of culture here. While I was doing uh, the choir and all of that uh, in school, when I would come back from school, uh, there was uh, this this father figure that he used to run uh, like a theater program, like Sunday school type stuff, you know, where there were like more instruments. There was a recording studio there. He used to run all of that at his house. So when I came from school, like, I used to go there and spend, like, you know, my time there still. So it was like when I came home from school, I was kind of, like, doing the same thing still. So it was rich like that in culture that, you know, as kids, they would let us do these things. Because at that time, a lot of older people, they weren't utilizing that. So he was the guy that showed us, like, yo, you could come here. And uh, you say you do choir and poetry and you can play instruments and you can come do it here when you come from school. So, yeah, that was another huge influence. So I wasn't really like in the streets like that. So, yeah, that, I spend my time like doing that. This is really incredible. And and one thing that also fascinates me is the fact that obviously Soweto being in Johannesburg, Johannesburg is seen as this hub 
you know, it's sort of like the the Hollywood of South Africa in a way. Um, that's where a lot of, you know, the artists will tell you, Joburg is where it's at, Joburg is popping, Joburg is this, Joburg is that. Um, how, how, what are your, sort of your thoughts on that? You know, is it as fancy as it seems, you know, because I'll look at something like um, the video that you released for uh, put in, uh, putting you on game, which is absolutely incredible. I looked at that and I'm like, how is Mo Funk not one of the mainstream hitters out in Johannesburg right now? How are we not seeing Mo Funk on our television screens? How are we not hearing Mo Funk on you know national radio and stuff? And I feel I feel to me that as someone who's in Johannesburg, who is dropping you know this much quality and this much source, you know if Joburg really was the supper place that they're saying it is, I feel like Mo Funk then would be you know that person. Um, I obviously consider you that person, but I feel like a lot of the mainstream entities within Johannesburg would also then catch a wake up and realize, you know, just how dope you are. So for you personally, how has your experience been, you know, when you're looking at Johannesburg as this place that everyone sort of, you know, looks up to? Nothing is easy, you know. Also, it's with like, you know, positioning yourself with the right people. But yeah, right now, uh, people mostly like they need like proper, proper teams, you know, because really when you're doing like everything literally yourself it kind of takes a strain on you you know because you also are human you know there's some things you got to do as a man as well but yeah um just mingling with the right people i think that's keys that's one of the main keys to like getting like a step ahead so you reckon no matter where you're from, you could be from Durban, you could be from Cape Town, you could be from, you know, the smallest town that doesn't make music. The main thing that you need to do um, is to just mingle with the right people. Yeah, for sure. Because you are who you surround yourself with, right? So a lot of popular artists aren't really from around here. They're from Cape Town, PE, Durban, and they come here and they do that. Like the biggest artist we have in hip hop is, is not from, he's from like, Mafiki, you know what I mean? So it's not about really from being here. It's just knowing the right people. Mm, I think that's a very good, a very good sort of, you know, example as well, because you've got one of the biggest guys now in, 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 in hip hop in general in South Africa, Blackie, who's from, from here as well. Well, from Durban, when I say here. So you're absolutely right when you say it is not necessarily about where you're from, but you know, the connections that you make. So what would you say, you know, as MoFunk is the best way to sort of move around and maybe mingle, find those, you know, proper connections for anyone who might be listening to this and has been contemplating, you know, coming that side, making those connections. Is there like a formula? Is it something that's organic? How do you go about doing it? Well, for me right now, I just got like a, a mentor is in the industry, popular dude, you know, and he's independent and he's kind of like showing me how to move, you know, how the business works and all of that so yeah getting a mentor and again like putting yourself around the right people just spend time with the right people and you know if you like i look at it like this like if you want to be a millionaire you have to hang around millionaires you know it doesn't matter like what you do or whatever if you spend your time with millionaires the next three to five years you most likely uh you're gonna become one as well that's how i look at it mm, very powerful bro that is very powerful indeed and i like what you mentioned there about the fact that you know you've got a mentor um he's sort of you know showing you the ropes you know showing you the business side of things you know looking at 
the hip-hop artist in South Africa now, looking at it sort of from a business perspective, um, is this a career, you know, that promises, you know, wealth? Is this a, a career that you would say um, has some sort of financial benefits at the end? Just being an artist in general in South Africa, what has your experience been like? Can you make um, ends meet, you know, being a hip-hop artist or a rapper, specifically focusing on like mo-funk yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I make money uh, when they book me. So that's how I'm making money right now. And I sell like like physical copies. You know, I sell like vinyls. And yeah, I've been working on some merch right now. So I'm just waiting for the summer and then we're going to drop uh, some summer merch. So yeah, when I look at those areas, yeah, they, they're making an income for me. So, yeah, if I can make an income and, you know, I'm not the most popular guy, then, yeah, for sure. It's all about how you move, really, because some people, I don't know, they just think, you know, they're just looking at just the music alone, you know, and the DSPs, you know, and we all know that DSPs don't pay that much. So if you're making like a physical copy, like something like a vinyl and vinyls are, you know, they're expensive. So that's a proper way to make some income directly off of your music like straight to you no middleman no nothing same thing with the merge the same thing with the bookings and the gigs so yeah very solid and very sound advice there man and you've obviously dropped an album you know before uh we're looking at uh, when things are simple which is incredible i feel like you know an album is something that is very sacred it's something that is very uh I've always had this sort of concept in my mind where it's like, you know, once there's a massive demand for the music that you release, it's like, okay, now we're going album mode, now we're talking tours, now we're talking, you know, PR, budgets, and all of that there to sort of maximize, um, you know, the reach when it comes to the album. So with you having dropped a when things were simple you know what was the whole process behind making an actual album because you'll find that most artists um you know they'll be releasing as you've also done you know eps and such and singles here and there when you made that album what was sort of like the you know the the thought behind it in terms of you know what i'm gonna release this album and we're just gonna go for it wow uh it was actually like influenced by me being outside, you know, seeing different landscapes, being influenced by different cultures, learning different things from different people, you know. Like they say, like the more you travel, the more it opens up your mind. So, yeah, it was inspired by like different landscapes because on this one, like, you know, I didn't want to rap. It was just like more of a sound. So, yeah, I just want to capture like how I viewed everything, like how... If I would put everything that I experienced within a sound, like it would sound something like this. With an album, um, would you say how you approach it would be different to how you approach an EP? Because you just said that, you know, you didn't really want to rap rap. You know, you just wanted to focus on, you know, the sound. Do you feel like you need to sort of sacrifice a little on the lyricism when it comes to an album versus an EP? What's your approach when you're looking at both an EP and, uh, and an album? Or is it all the same? For me, it's like the same because I'm conceptual and I try to express like the different art styles that I've learned, whether it's painting or sketching or whatever, 
or designing. So I try and incorporate that as much as possible. So if you check out like Afrobots, you know, on Bandcamp, it has two different album covers. So the one was something that I designed like uh, on a computer, on software. And then the other one was something that I actually sketched up from scratch. That's how I move when I approach like uh, any other project. And especially an EP or an album, because for me, it's, it, they're similar. So I approach them like the same. And I try and express uh, the different styles of art that I've learned in my life on, on those, whether it's with the music, the lyricism, the sound, the album cover, everything. I just pour into it. That's really incredible, man. Just looking at the success now of, of both. You mentioned the Afrobots EP. Um, if you had to compare it now with When Things Were Simple, looking at now the approach, especially considering, you know, from 2020 onwards, you know, would you say for you, what sort of yielded, uh, yielded the best results? Um, would you say it's more of the EP approach, maybe fewer songs on there? Um, or would you say it's more like a holistic body of work, like an album? Um, of sorts mm. uh, with the album uh, that's that's well okay with the EP let me start with the EP I didn't put as much marketing into the EP that I could have at that time so it did well but you know not as well as when things were simple just because I didn't put as much marketing you know because when things were simple I just like went all out because I got into, into like blogs uh, and magazines and all of that. But I did the same thing with uh, Afrobots. But I guess, yeah, when things were simple, if we're looking at the reach, when things were simple was, I guess, the more successful one. But I don't look at it that way, you know, because the way I look at it is like, if you're going to like one of my projects or one of my songs or whatever, you're more likely to like listen to the others as well. So that's how I see it. The latest sort of body of work that um, would seem to be the most recent that you put out would be obviously what I name dropped earlier on is Putting You On Game, which is an incredible music video. Who did you link up with there on that music video? How did you guys come up with the concept? Uh, yeah, that was a song from an EP, Wordplay. So it was a collaboration between me, Dopey and Ghost. So Ghost was doing the production and then me and Dopey were the two MCs. So I linked up with Dopey and, and Ghost. And yeah, we worked on it together. We Like again, like we put everything together ourselves, you know? So yeah, we were like going for like simplicity, you know, not too much. Just being simple. Yeah, you guys really pulled it off, man. It's got that. It was my introduction to 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 anything, you know, the world of mo funk, and I must, as I said, it's it's very international. It's very international indeed. Which brings me to actually wondering, because you're saying that you guys did everything yourself. Tell me uh, yourselves. Tell me about uh, the KKK. Tell me about KKK. What's that about? When did that start? Killer Cat Clan uh, Records. Um, is that something that you're a part of? Um, give us a bit of like some history when it comes to that record label. Yeah, well, uh, I started this by myself and later on I started working with uh, this producer slash DJ uh, Sticks. His name is Sticks. So we worked together on it and we put that together. And yeah, it's a, it's a studio record label. So we just like work with different artists like from anywhere, you know. 
and yeah hey the re the story behind that is crazy though like the reason i put that together because when we started recording uh i was recording all over you know johannesburg so where to anyway and i didn't know like like on the same street i live in there's a dude there that actually has a proper studio you know with the booth and everything like he was like 10 houses away from me and i didn't know that he had a studio so dudes approached me and they were like yo uh we heard some of your stuff and we want to work with you so i was like all right cool so i started working with them and that's when like it kind of like started the kkk so it was three of us and then later on it was me sticks uh shorts yeah it was just the three of us at that time and then we met an mc which they already knew but i didn't so let me say I made an MC they knew. Uh, his name was Virus, yeah, V22. I don't know if you heard uh, Cups and Blunts or or Can I Kick It. V22 is on those songs. Like, if you've heard those songs, like, yeah, you know who I'm talking about when I say V22. Uh, so it, it was the four of us and we were moving together with the KKK thing. And then just before COVID, like 2019, uh, V22 passed away. And that's when, like, we took a hit because, yo, that, that was, like, a business partner and friend. So he passed away. And then after that, Shorts got locked up. So it was like, whoa, that was another hit. So if you look at my albums, there was the first one, When Things Were Simple, uh, in 2018. And Afrobots came, like, in 2021. So there was a gap, like I didn't release any music like for two years. So that's when I took a hit, like, yo, these guys, they, you know, that happened to them. So for now, that's how I became 50% and Sticks became 50% of the KKK. So for now, it's the two of us. That's how it actually started. But for now, it's just the two of us and we collaborate with different artists. And it's a company, so, you know, we just own our music. We own everything we do. That's why we created it. So, yeah, that's the benefits of the company, you know, like having a studio and equipment to work. So, yeah, that's that. Damn, there's so much prestige in this in this label of yours, man. There's so much history. There's so much. There's a, there's a very deep story here. Obviously, rest in peace, V22. And uh, let's hope that, you know, Shorts is released, you know, eventually. It's incredible that you guys continued with the work ethic, though it wasn't the end of, you know, KKK. You guys are still pushing it, which is just a testament to the fact that you guys are, you know, you guys persevere. You push through all the bullshit and everything that you guys encounter. And I think that just indicates that you guys are just incredible artists and you're in this not for clout, but, you know, for, for the love and the passion of the, the, the music that you guys are making. We're almost at the end of the show, bro. I'm before I get your handles, are there any sort of final remarks that you want to make, perhaps to anyone that's been supporting you so far? Uh, yeah, man, uh, the support has been amazing, and I'd like to thank everyone that actually, you know, buys something physical. Thanks to everyone that supports and shows love. One hundred percent. Now, I mean, if people want to get in touch with you, I want to work with you and KKK or anything at all. Want some of your fine art because you're multi-talented. Where do they sort of reach out on social media? Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Mellow Mo Funk. Um, you know what? Just Google Mo Funk, man. Yeah, and like you get everything. This is this is when that. 
comes in because man, we, we just Google you now. That's that's we 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 platinum now. We we the Champions League now, bro. <laughs> nah, not really. But yeah, we're oh, yeah, we're solid, solid, my G. And obviously, with Sludge Underground, for anyone that's listening to this www.sludgeunderground.com uh, do check out the episode on our website and all major streaming platforms do get some merch we just re- uh, we just released some beanies for 125 random pop available on casual sex store south africa's first artist online market now my homie listen we're going to be closing out and we're closing out to one of your tracks um which track do you reckon sort of best represents you that we can sort of close out with uh a day in a life Afrowatch. That's a nice chill song right there. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. It's been myself and Mo Funk. You're gonna be playing out of the day in the life. Until next time, it is bye for now. Now let me tell you about a day in my life. It was a sunny Sunday and life was trife. Woke up with a hangover. Last night was retarded. Scooped up three honeys and guess what we started? No introduction, but we started getting high. She don't talk, she just wanna hear me say something fly. I'm a cancer, my birthday in July. I got a thick black joystick. Girl, you wanna ride? She was riding on my swank like it's a bicycle. And she licking on my steeds like it's an icicle. Her water spray like a champagne popping. Strike the whole night long, ain't no stopping. Poured some Sprite, then some lean. Rolled up a joint, choked back, and I lean. I'm getting high, my world is moving slow. You wanna go fast? Take a wolf or that snow. But for now, man, I'm chilled, I'm just kicking As I sit here high and the red Corolla rolls by I can't help it, the memories of yesterday You trying to have a good time, this is what I have to say Rock that swing, pour that drink What you puffing on, it's that dang ha. Smoke some, get high And leave them confused, they wonder how we stay fly Rock that swing, pour that drink What you puffing on, it's that dang And if you wanna ask why, I just pass you a joint and let time fly by.